guys hello and welcome back i'm jojo fraser it's time for a mojo injection episode 86 guys how are you i took a break last week because i was doing several talks at the edinburgh wellbeing festival which was epic i had time with the puckers mother and papa pucker who are amazing i had time with i met dr ranjan chatterjee um, I had time with the two chubby cubs. They're awesome. The wild swimming stories. Um, Danny from Chachi Power, who's been on here. Um, I did my own chat. Um, I met Basement Jacks. I had time with Daniel Yoon Henderson and made an amazing podcast with him. And show for my radio station on Wellbeing Radio. And I'm just generally buzzing, but I'm sorry I didn't put one live last week because I know some of you rely on it for your mojo on the morning on Monday, but you know you could have gone to Wellbeing Radio for that too. Um, but this mojo injection isn't going anywhere because this is my passion. My passion is to hook up your mojo, to use my mistakes and my hard times to help you and to dip in and out of that. And if I get stressed or burnt out, I'll take myself away and chill out. And I did that for a few days and it's been amazing. I've had so much support. And I think that's taught me that when friends and family ask to help, you take it. It's because sometimes the word selfish is essential. This week I've been a little bit selfish and I'm proud to say, I'm glad I was selfish because I needed to be selfish. So, my guest this week is called Steph Price and she is one of the most regular, amazing, loyal listeners and she supported me so, so much and I wanted to invite her on because Steph has battled with anxiety for as long as she can remember. She shares her earliest memories of this and how she learned to manage this over the years. Steph has a passion for leadership, people development and self-development and her own self-development journey through becoming a life and mindset coach and an NLP practitioner improved her life and people around her. And I love hearing her talk about divorce and separation and how that actually became a very positive thing because other families, you know, you, you kind of get something out of that because, you know, maybe someone gets a, a sister, another sister or brother or, you know, a stepdad or a stepmom who can really bring, you know, we all have something amazing to bring when we look after our mojo. So I'm so delighted to have a regular listener, Steph Price, on as a guest. She actually came here on her birthday and didn't tell me the cheeky thing. She said it was present enough spending time with me. Holy moly. I wish I'd had a bouquet of flowers, but I'm sure I'll see her again. Um, so you're going to love this conversation. It's really enriching. It's honest. It's real. It's raw. It's freaking fabulous. Steph, thank you for being you. Thank you for being amazing. I think you're wonderful. Thank you for being a fan of my work and supporting me. Let's jump in. But first, I want to do a massive shout out to our supporters and sponsors. Guys, I just want to say a huge shout out to Cam on Canning Street. This partnership and the support is incredible. If you've not yet listened to episode 85 with Katie from the CAM, wow, you've got to tune in. It's nothing but CAM loveliness, a hug in a podcast. So we are working together in collaboration. I've been doing the yoga classes. I've been spending time there. Bonnie and I are actually going to a yoga class together. She's so excited. So I'll let you know how that goes. But 
Cam had injected so much oxytocin into my life. I'm a richer person for having spent time there, both mentally, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. And the breathing, the classes, the heart-led teachers, the vibe they've created there is just wonderful. And I'm so proud to be part of the Cam team now. Um, they also offer lots of lovely relaxing treatments, there's therapists there, it's a great tribe, there's open therapy sessions, there's sharing, there's women's circle, there's men's circle, there's so much, there's beginner's yoga, there's beautiful flow yoga, there's complete meditation by candlelight, there's angel cards, there's whatever feels right for you. So thank you to Cam for supporting us on the Mojo Injection, it means so much, it's great to be here all in. So here we are. Welcome. I'm so glad to finally actually meet you face to face. <laughs> it's lovely and I feel like thank you for the support for You're one welcome. to get um people like leaving a book review, emailing you to say how much the book helped. Like feedback is so incredible. Yeah. And to know that um you know you've been listening to the podcast and you've um connected with some of the guests and yeah. All that stuff just makes me so happy, like that you get something out of it. Totally. It's my Monday morning mojo. And I kid you not, I never wake up on a Monday and think, oh no, it's Monday. The first thing I think of is, all right, cool, who's on today? And, it, and I probably spread it over like a couple of mornings because I listen to it whilst I'm getting ready and I just love it. Aww. It's great. It's just... It just gets you going because you're hearing different people's stories. It, yeah. You learn about different people. Mm -hmm. I've connected with people, as you know, um, connected with Susan at Streamline Fitness. and She's getting you looking in fabulous, strong, glowing, healthy shape. <laughs> Come on, the Christmas dress. <laughs> uh, yeah, and like loving the gym because of Susan. And wow. if I hadn't listened to her on the podcast... I probably wouldn't cross their path. So, so yeah, it's all development. Up. Totally. Like, I'm following some cool people on Instagram that I just didn't know existed. Um, so, yeah, and you've hooked in with girls that, that I've met through my coaching and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's great. I think the stuff you do is brilliant. That's amazing because, you know, when you put something out there and, you know, I've got about 80 episodes recorded now mm -hmm. and you think, oh, people are getting really bored of, like, my mannerisms or things I say or do I repeat myself? You know, you start to get all of those thoughts as we all do as humans. So it's really... Who cares what they think? <laughs> they're listening because they've chosen to listen. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. So it is amazing to hear that feedback. Yeah. And, you you know, just need to be continue being you on it because that's yeah. what people want to listen to. That's what helps people. And I think yeah. that's so important in the world that we currently live in, whether we're yeah. working parents, teenagers transitioning from school to uni or to work or everything, you see it in all walks of life. Yeah. Um, people that have retired and are struggling because they've retired and mm -hmm. they don't know what their focus is. Yeah. I just, yeah, I feel that there are so many different walks of life and backgrounds that people need this help and thank God mental health and mm. all that stuff has now got the awareness that it's got because I think for decades we've probably suffered in silence. Oh, it's horrible to think. It's horrible. Um, 
and I get really annoyed when people like start saying oh mental health is cool or I hear people say I was advised to talk about mental health because it would get me more like stats and I'm going yeah it's not trendy ah, it's not a blooming trend it's like a necessity and rather than celebrate how far we've come it's almost like there's some press out there saying oh we're bored we're bored of hearing about it and that is just so wrong yeah. on so many levels yeah. we should never ever discourage it and there's been times when i've been doing speaking gigs and i'll say something like that like whoever tells you it's a trend or you know anyone that discourages you to talk about your mental health yeah. is an asshole and then the whole room like claps you Absolutely, know because yeah. i think if you get it and yeah. it has impacted your yeah. life as yeah. we'll talk about it's impacted your family I would like to think most people now know someone because they've spoken about yeah. it. Because we all have mental well-being, we all have spiritual issues, emotional. I mean, if you look at well-being in the dictionary, it's kind of your overall health yeah. and it's your attitude to life and your ability to grow and, and as you're seeing self-development. So take me back then. Mm. Let's hear about your story. You struggle with anxiety as a kid. Yeah, yeah, very much so. So... My earliest memories of anxiety um, would be back, in fact, just down the road from here, uh, back at my grandma and granddad's house as a child um, when my mum or dad were probably going on a night out or something and I was staying over. Mm. And it's amazing what you pick up as a child. I mean, we all know that kids pick up on stuff that we say or behaviours. And my, yeah, and my granddad always used to say to my mum, give me two rings when you get home, hen. So that I started to learn uh-huh. that my mum was letting him know that she was okay after she dropped us off. Uh. So very quickly, that innocent comment from my granddad, who was also a big warrior, I will add. Learn behaviour, isn't yeah. it? That turned into a problem for me because I would then become fixated on the time. And I can picture, I can picture the fireplace and the little carriage clock that sat on the fireplace. The minute I waved goodbye to my mum at the window, I would look at the clock Mm. and I would take note of what time it was that she left. And in my head, she needed to be home within 10 minutes. Now, as a child, I had no understanding of traffic jams or my mum would park the car in the drive and the neighbour would pop out and start chatting. I had no idea of that. All I was fixated on was it takes 10 minutes to drive from that house to that house. And if she hadn't phoned within 10 minutes, I would be at the toilet being ill and I would be pacing up and down in the living room thinking that something had happened Mm -hmm. and that went on that went on for years and I loved staying at my grandma and granddad's I was so close to them I had a brilliant relationship with them but looking back over things that they talked about I know that they suffered anxiety as well now that I'm an adult looking back yeah and then that kind of just followed me to I remember silly things like I would be a teenager and my it was summer holidays and my dad was getting a lift to work from my mum mm. 
and I would get up out of my bed so that I could chum my mum because she wasn't going to be in the car by herself. It, the car thing became a big thing for me. People driving, what if? Yeah. What if they were going to have an accident something was to happen? Mm-hmm. And that probably went on. Like, I remember even being... I remember working and my parents going on holiday and if I couldn't get them the first time that I phoned them, mm-hmm. something had happened, there'd been a road accident, something had gone wrong, or if I was at home and I was babysitting for my brother and they'd said to me, you know, I could probably be back about 11 or something. Mm-hmm. By 10 past 11, no word of a lie, I would have been running through in my head how the hell am I going to tell my brother that my mum and dad have died? Mm. How am I going to organise a funeral? And, you know, re- total extremes, complete extremes. And I know now that that is like heightened anxiety. That is, you know, that's on another level where you're feeling ill. It would have affected, well, it did affect schoolwork in primary school um, and caused a lot of stress from my parents, a lot of upset, you know, and no wonder, you know, they've, they know that they've got this kid who's so worried about things that are unlikely ever going to happen. Yeah. And I spent so much of my childhood worrying about stuff that it, did, it didn't happen. And, and I know now that, you know, the things that we worry about haven't actually happened and 99.9 times they aren't going to happen either and it just feels like you're waste you know you've I look back and I think oh my god I should have been running about or I should have still been sleeping in my bed like every other kid and not worrying about stuff like that and I got help as a child in primary six I remember getting help um and it kind of went away and you know, it would appear from time to time, like I say, about parents going on holiday and things like that. And then then I became a mum and my focus was different. My mm-hmm. focus was on my children and all of that sort of stuff. And I think that probably put loads into perspective. I was a working mum. Um, I went back to work really quickly after I had my daughter. Um and my focus was probably different and a bit more balanced. So it's not like you were catastrophizing, oh, what could happen when I'm away? No. Could someone, you know, not look after? Could no. Could be choking, no. you know, just no, all these no, things? No, none of that was there, which is pretty incredible that I'd almost, you know, gone into sort of parenthood and and, and more, most of my adult life was very settled and I'd gone away and did it happen just kind of naturally, or had you had help at that before that point? No, I had help in primary six. So I was very young then. I never ever had help after that. Did that? Um, do you think the help in primary yeah, six? Yeah, must have. And to be honest with you, I can't really remember uh-huh. anything about it. Yeah. But I think that's part of my um, how I deal with things. And I've learned that through my NLP um, training that I'm. Once it's gone for me, when it's in the past, I am very lucky that I can move on from things. And it's how you, when you visualise present and past, Mm -hmm. there are two ways of looking at it. So when I say to you now, point to me where present is and point to me where your past is. Mm. How would you describe that? Point to me where your present is, here, Mm -hmm. right now. 
and my past, I guess, is gone. Mm-hmm. Behind you. Behind, back, yeah. Yep. So I'm the same. So my future's in front of me and my past is behind me, mm-hmm. which means that I can, something can happen, I can move on very quickly mm-hmm. and I can see where I'm going. Some people have past and present running, and I don't know how to describe this, but it's almost sort of horizontally, like a skyline. So they can still see the past because it's in their eyesight and their future is in the other side. Mm-hmm. And they can always let go of the past as easy because they hang on to things, but they can progress with the future mm-hmm. because they can see the whole timeline. Whereas my future, because it's straightforward, mm-hmm. is a bit more in stages. Okay. So I like to visualise things, but I maybe can't see as far forward as somebody who visualises past and present in a different way and mm. I don't know if that makes Do you know the percent sense. of people that would see it from the side to seeing it behind? No, I don't I don't actually know the makeup of it, but that when I was it when I was demonstrated that uh, through the NLP training that I've had, that made a lot of sense to me. Because mm-hmm. people have said to me, Oh I don't know how you can just move on from that or I don't know how you can just put that behind you. Yeah. But clearly that's what I've done throughout my life that's how I put things behind but that doesn't mean because I've been doing a bit of research on what we remember yeah and sometimes I remember like I talk about in the next book about you know when my mum did something really kind and I've been really naughty and I'll never forget that power of love yeah by you know oh it just brought me to my knees you know you know it is like the expression kill them with kindness I was there was nowhere back nowhere from that um, but then when I think of times like as an adult when I've been hurt I still I've not I've moved on and yeah. grown from it but I still you can still met, feel it I can still feel uh-huh. times I've been yeah. in again yeah and that's I'm the same I still feel it but I'm not the type of person who would um, not be able to still have a relationship with someone or a friendship or something I can rationalize maybe what they've done or how they've done it because I don't try and hold on to this the negative stuff I try and kind of understand that behind and another NLP thing that's come up is behind every bad intention is a good intention so you know people don't wake up in the morning and think I'm going to be an asshole today you know things people do things that are right for them at the time and it feels right for them and it might not be how you or I would view that as right or wrong but uh-huh. that I think when you look at things like that and, and always try and think well they did that because it was right for them at that time yeah then it, it helps to understand why people behave in the way that they do yeah it's hard because intention's a huge thing mm-hmm. and I would say at the heart of everything we do have good intentions of course we are made to love. Mm-hmm. We come craving connection. Yep. We don't, you know, come out as a baby wanting to hurt people. No. We want held. We want yep. connected. Then life hurts us inevitably. It's yep. not meant to be easy. But then we perhaps think we've got the wrong intention, but actually no wonder there the intention is good yeah. underneath it all. 
But so I guess what you're saying there is just say someone's being an asshole on the road and they're putting the fingers up at me and they're yeah. tailgating. Is their intention because they're stressed that they need to get somewhere yeah. or Yeah. Yeah, I always think try and think about it in that way that oh, you know, if some you go in a shop and someone's been an asshole to you, then I just think, Oh, do you know what? If maybe they like had a really bad day or there's maybe some drama going on outside here, they didn't it's not me. Yeah, They're not trying to be personal. horrible to me. It's, it's it's what's going on in their world. Yeah. Everybody's walking about with their own movie in their head, you know? Oh, We've yeah. all got our own... We're all living our own movies. Yeah. And you come in and out of people's lives mm-hmm. and share things at different times, but everyone's got their own, their own stuff going down. And mm-hmm. you just always need to be mindful of that. Um, yeah. and, and I, you know... In my particular role that I, you know, the job that I do and the job that I've done for 20 years, you, I'm a people manager. So, you know, you become very in tune to, you know, people have lives. Mm. <laughs> people have lives and it's not just their work, you know, they've got all this other stuff going on. Our life does not go personal, home, personal, it your life is personal and your work is a part of that. Mm-hmm. You come into your work as you, mm-hmm. or you should come into your work as you. You shouldn't be anyone else. So, yeah, yeah I think you always need to, it doesn't matter what role you have or what job you do, you're constantly meeting people and working with people and communicating with people, but you always need to remember that they're living their life and it's just what's happening to them at that particular yeah. time it's like when you say good oh i'm having a bad day or a good day it's ha- that's happening to people every day all over the world you know yeah. we're all we're all human it's it's that so for you 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 were okay when you became a parent mm. what was it that made you go and do all yeah, of this yeah. okay sort of training um so oh i had worked in the same company i worked for standard life um for 17 years and probably thought that I was going to be there forever Mm -hmm. and then a a great opportunity came up for me to go and do something different Um, still in financial services but in a different role and um, and in a smaller company um, and that was like oh didn't see that come in because up until then I'd kind of just been plodding. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd lost my way a wee bit when I look back. Um, you know, I'd been a working mum. My daughter was 17 weeks old when I went back to work. Mm. Um, and my job was a big part of my life um, because I wanted it to be and also I, I needed financially to be working. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything was just ticking along and that's where I went every day and blah 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 and then this came along and that changed what bus I got on what time I left the house you know from the simple things to I was doing a different job I was working with different people Mm -hmm. um and I think that's when I started to wake up Mm -hmm. and thought all right there's more to this world and actually what do I want? Like, where is this going? And I'm not going to lie, turning 40 was a big factor as well. Because I was like, shit, I'm like, that's like nearly the halfway point. Like, 
what's happening? How am I like going there? And it, it just made me start to question a lot of stuff. Um, and I was married very young. I was 23 when I got married. Um, two great kids. Um, I'm very fortunate to have two like really like great families from my husband's family to my family and loads of support and you know if it wasn't for my in-laws and my parents doing all my childcare like I, you know I couldn't have done what I did yeah they're great um, aren't they oh my god <laughs> shout I'm, out yeah. to all the grandparents, grandparents we, love we love you we do love you um and yeah and my marriage ended in 2015 um and you know it's worked out really well my kids have a great dad um they he's met someone they you know they get on really well with her I've also met someone and my kids have a great relationship with him um it's brought do you know it's brought some lovely things into our kids lives because we've split and it doesn't Mm -hmm. always have to be negative my kids have you know got this other female in her life um, she has three boys who are you know good fun for my kids to be around my mm-hmm. partner has two girls um, my kids you know I've got a relationship now with uh, my partner's parents and mm-hmm. their their lives have expanded to to being influenced and learning different things about different backgrounds and stuff like that and I think that that has been a huge part of their sort of building and developing their own wee world in the last five years, four years, you know, it's been really, yeah, it doesn't have to be bad when something mm-hmm. like that happens to you, and it's how you approach it yeah. as parents. Um, so my life within less than 12 months turned upside down from leaving mm-hmm. my comfort zone of where I worked and I knew everybody from the person that I said hi to at reception to the person that served me my lunch to yeah. the manager of the area to then shaking all that up and, and working somewhere different and then wham bam I was on my own wow. and with my kids and my anxiety came back tenfold Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know why and I don't mean that to sound stupid because to anyone listening they think well geez, oh your life totally changed but they, they were all decisions that I had obviously been involved in and been party to but my anxiety came back because all of a sudden I thought oh we've got like we've I'm you know, I've got a house and a car and a, and kids and stuff like that, and and this kind of needs to work here. And she was like, "I'm on my own." I wasn't on my own, of course. I had support left, right, and centre. But do you know, you you know, like ultimately, you, you need to just be aware of what's going on. Mm. And my anxiety came back, and. I remember working with a, a girl at Standard Life, um, Annabelle, who's now set up her own um, training and coaching, and, and she's fantastic. And I reached out to her and we went for a coffee, and I, and I was you know, what what is this coaching stuff you're doing? And well, how did you do it? And blah, blah, blah. So she spoke to me about NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming, and how she'd been on this brilliant course, and it was so good, and it really opened her mind, and how she was going on to use that in her coaching. And I just thought, I want a bit of that. So 
I made contact with the lady that she trained with, Leslie MacDonald, uh, who's another been a big influence on me. Um, we met for coffee and then she said, you know, the course is starting and it was like, it was right on my 40th birthday and I was like, oh my God, I'm away. Like, I'm away for two nights. Like, I can't believe this. Like, when's the next one? She's like, oh, it's not till like March. And she's like, I can, I just know by your face, Steph, you can't wait, can you? I was like, no, you, you need to get me on this course. I don't know what you need to do, but you need to go and find out a way. So she designed it so that I could go for a day but do a catch up later on, uh -huh. and then and then graduate with everybody else, and do a bit of homework, and that's what I did, and I loved it, and that's when I realised the stuff that was going on in my head, mm -hmm. and realised well if I'm doing these things to myself, people that I'm friends with, that I work with, we must it can't just be me that's got these thoughts going on in her head, you know, mm. and that whole course and coaching and training just that was the start of that that was the start of everything for me um in terms of mindset yeah. in terms of looking at what you do to yourself mm -hmm. you know your brain's like the biggest muscle in your entire body mm -hmm. you can't untrain that overnight like that is not going to happen you can't wake up tomorrow morning and say oh yeah i want a six pack for the weekend because i'm going on this night out and i really need to look amazing that is not going to happen. So why do people think it's going to happen to their mind? You know, they think, right, okay, tomorrow morning I'm going to get up, I'm going to do a wee bit of mindfulness and um, I'll be sorted, I'll be fixed. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. It's an investment. It is the biggest, most important investment that you could ever do. And some of the things I've done have not, um, they've not been cheap to go on, mm -hmm. but... They're the things that I value and they're the things that I would want to spend money on because I can see the benefits of them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just having the ability to untrain the brain and to start putting things how I want them to be and how I want them to think and, and being able to influence my children, my parents, my, my friends, my workmates, all that kind of stuff is... It's important to me because I just think I can't sit knowing this stuff and not sharing it. Because yeah. why would I want to do that? I'm yeah. learning it yeah. because I want to help other people. I'm not just learning it for me. I'm doing it so that I can be a better person and share what I've learned. And I did that and then I thought, no, there's more. So then I went on to become an accredited life um, and business coach. And I did that with Mindful Talent and that has been absolutely amazing and I know you know some of my coaching crew uh, Jill um, and Lynette and all those people and Ali, Ali. great great bunch of people and I've also worked uh, in collaboration with life coaches as yeah. well so uh, different coaching schools um, actually someone after reading my book signed up to become a coach amazing. signed up with Animas mm -hmm. um, and they asked me to read their final um, kind of thesis or whatever mm -hmm. and, uh, and then my book's in the start and said as soon as I read this book I knew it was my calling you to do it I thought wow <laughs> my case study for my uh, graduation became a life coach and set up her own business wow uh, uh, yeah and didn't know anything about coaching really mm -hmm. until we started doing work together and yeah within 
less than 12 months she'd set up her own coaching practice and it, it's amazing it's so powerful it's so the the mindful talent and i know we've spoke, spoken about it on here but people before but just to remind mm-hmm. um how many weeks is the course Mindful Talent, Matt, the course, well, I first started it and it was um, it was under the Acorn business then and it was Michelle that was my mentor, Michelle Armstrong, another huge person in my life. Um, and her and Ali then, went, while we were all working together, went on to do that together, but we were training for six months. Yeah, it's about six months, yeah, isn't it? So, yeah. And in that time, when you say retrain the brain, okay, because I have basically immerse myself in mm-hmm. personal development yeah. well-being for about six years yep. now but i say really hardcore for the past yep. kind of three but for six years um and it really very much is a journey mm-hmm. but you've got your physical health your mental mm-hmm. your emotional and your spiritual does this course tap into all of the four yeah it does it does um the physical stuff you don't you talk about movement and stuff like that. You don't go into it in detail a lot, but it comes up a lot because you're working with your peers. So you're coaching each other, like you're doing your peer coaching. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people's goals are fitness, health related. So you do mm-hmm. end up talking about it a lot, but it's a lot about self-care mm-hmm. and that whole sort of side of things. And I think for me, that's become up big time yeah um because i think probably like a lot of working parents you there's so much guilt Mm. goes on with the whole working thing and you know i i worked four days a week when emma was a baby um and i remember going to some coffee morning and somebody saying oh it's a shame isn't it that you're going back to work Mm. I said, no, no, it's not a shame. And inside I was thinking, it's a shame that you're going to come here for coffee every week <laughs> because yeah. I've listened to those nappy stories too many times now. Yeah. Um, and I thought, no, it's not a shame, but it's a shame you think. Yeah. It's sad for me because yeah. actually it's not. And, and I think that it's important to show your kids and to be a role model to your kids about... You know, none of this stuff just gets landed on your door. You know, Mm -hmm. you have got to work your ass off Mm -hmm. to get the stuff that you want. And and I'll never forget going, Emma was on a brownie camp thing. In fact, she'll laugh at me for saying this. She never actually stayed at the camp because she wanted to come home. So I had to drive out. But you know what? I'm so glad I did. Because one of the questions that they, one of the, the the exercises they did was, it was a wall and the kids were to like um, draw a picture and write up who their role model was. Mm-hmm. And all the kids had like pops, you know, like um, singers and, and actors and stuff. And I looked on the wall and Emma had wrote my mum. Oh, and at that point I thought, I did the right thing. Mm-hmm. I totally did the right thing mm-hmm. because they they listen as soon as i come in from work they will say to me how's work mum what was happening today 
because they're genuinely interested mm -hmm. and probably more so my daughter because she's very much she's a total people person so she just wants to know is everyone all right is everybody all right and she'll ask for people and work so how are they so how are they we're, yeah. we're, I think we're very alike that way too <laughs> it's funny and you can see it happening mm. um and yeah being a working mum or parent it doesn't matter it's not a bad thing it's, it's such a, a good thing. thing do you know it teaches them effort as well like bonnie would she had like top marks in nursery for like her effort mm -hmm. effort is so important and I, I think you know i had the guilt like people would say all the time i don't know how you've launched a book and a podcast with young kids or you're out a lot aren't you or you're you're networking and hustling or whatever i'm like i love what i do mm -hmm. i see the kids but i do work and hard. you're happy when you're with them because you're happy yeah because i've got i've got that creative outlet totally. and they and and I think an important measure for me was if I'm in a well-being role and I'm going into companies and te teaching them and talking about well-being, yeah, yeah. I need to be living that. So the first thing I do, the kids report, is look at the well-being. Yeah. And Bonnie's, that's our highest mm -hmm. area. Um, because they pick up what you're doing well, they will see it and they will, they're, we're their role models. Totally. So if you totally. are looking after yourself, you're doing self-care, whatever that means to you. Yep. You're doing a job you love. You've got your creative outlet. Then screw the rest. As long as it you're, it all falls into play, doesn't yeah. it? It really does. I'm the same with you. When when you I laugh when you say that about parents even, and not so much at high school uh, for my son because he doesn't really talk about more at primary school though at parents. I would they all say, do you have any questions before we start? And it it was never academics. Mm -hmm. I always used to say, how are they socially? Yeah. How are they socially in the class? Are they interacting? Do they have friends? Uh, and my husband at the time, he used to laugh, but I was like, no, it's more important than yeah. anything else because if they've not got those skills, then they've not got anything because mm. they could be the most intelligent person in the world, but if they cannot communicate with people, mm -hmm. then they're going to be pretty restricted. Yeah, very. I mean, at the heart of everything is people. Mm -hmm. Is and and when you lead, and I, I I go on about this all the time, but I do believe we are all born to lead. Of but course. Just sometimes we don't see that, yeah. or the imposter syndrome holds yep. us back, or we get so caught up in life yeah. <laughs> and fear, totally, and that stops us from leading. But when you lead from a place of intention for people, for mm -hmm. the good of people, and you're not seeing it as a competition either, and no. I always think a good leader is someone that cares as much about the people below, if you want to talk about layers and levels. You know, when, the, when I say below, I mean, that's just labels that yeah, mean nothing. That. And I'm so fortunate to work somewhere where we do not have a hierarchy. Yeah. It, it's just not like that. Everybody totally respects everyone else's yeah. position. That's and I amazing. tell you what, from a... You know, from a morale, retention, from a value mm -hmm. that you cannot put a price yeah. on working like that. Because it's so, it's so important. important. Yeah. Every number is important. Every number in a company. Yep. So if you've got a million people, they're all equally important. Of course they Whatever are. they do, they're part of the culture. You can have the best strategies yep. in whatever the world, but if you don't have the culture and the people with you, then you're fighting a losing yep. game, aren't you? Yep. So that's actually amazing to hear yeah. and encouraging. Yep. Because, you know... There's a lot of bad press out there with well-being, and uh, and you know I was shocked. I spoke to a company recently uh, who 
would appear very cash rich, as, as the press mm-hmm. would say, but their well-being budget was tiny. It's awful. And I was actually quite shocked and really, oh, is that your well-being? Is that your well-being budget? Mm-hmm. Is that what, is that what yeah. you? And you can see that uh, you can tell body light when you meet people. They could really use this. Yeah. They could really use. But I something. bet if they looked at the budget that they were spending on managing absence, yeah, <laughs> that was probably quite large because you know if you spend the money on engaging the people, empowering the people, mm-hmm. and making them feel valued, the absence levels are minute. It's insane. It's... But companies are throwing money at managing absence. But if they just get the whole sort of people principles right, mm-hmm. then, you know, that's the most important. The people mm-hmm. in the business mm-hmm. are the most important thing and the rest will follow. But if you don't have the right people mm-hmm. or people feeling valued... Everything is going to suffer. Everything. Everything. People are at the heart of every single mm-hmm. thing. And it's just reinforcing that. And it does get frustrating when you see, like, when it's not people and it's not about that. And someone said to me, um, there was a company talking the talk and it felt like they were ticking boxes. Mm-hmm. So they would get a nurse in, but perhaps the talk was really patronising yep. or uninspiring yep. or not relatable or current. And staff are going, well, you're just doing that. You're not like putting any totally. effort into getting someone who's engaging or who really, really cares. I'm not saying a nurse doesn't really care, but they're, they're not speakers, yep. you know. Yeah. And it's saying, well, make an effort. Yep. Mix things up a bit. Get current. Make mental health relatable. Make our health relatable yep. and interesting. But totally. It's just, it's, yeah. When you a- do that, there, you know, everything does. It just happens because mm. people are... They want to be there. Yeah, they want it's to more be there. I always, you know, I remember I was like, I was 23 when I got my first management job. And my mum said to me, and she'd never done a role like that. She just, it's an innocent comment. She won't even know that she said it to me. Yeah. But she said, no, the most, I think the most important thing is always treat people the way you want it to be treated yourself. Mm-hmm. And I have never forgotten that. Never. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's right, like you know. And I always just say, and you know, I just do a different job. I've just got a different role to play. Yeah. Because my output is different, but yeah. people, it's more important to know about what's going on for everybody than necessarily, you know, what's sitting right on their desk. If you don't yeah. know the stuff that's going on, then you're not going to do well. Yeah. No, you need to. It's it's so important and. I mean, there's a lot of pressure these days. And I think, like, you know, you see schools, they're teaching kids empathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, do, I know. You know, we've got, we're a bit behind. Is it Denmark that's doing yeah. it? Um, we're a wee bit behind. But, you know, we've got meditation. Do you, so from a spiritual point of view, mm. you've got meditation, you've got prayer, you've got whatever. Yeah, yeah. Some people would think of God as love or power or... Um, a lot of the chat these days is the source or okay. the university yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah. Do you cover the kind of spiritual aspect in the course? Um, not specifically, because what you're being 
what your sort of syllabus in the course is more about how to, um, you know, the types of questions, yeah. how you ask that. You don't, so you don't necessarily talk about spirituality. However, um, obviously you've mentioned Ali. Ali's very spiritual, does a lot of um, the breathing work and all that kind of stuff. So that all comes through because when you start working with them, you start to be exposed to all that sort of stuff and so but it's not taught as a you know as a, as a topic yeah. but it definitely comes up and the people that you're with mm-hmm. they're all on the same you've all got kind of on the same sort of mindset when you're in that coaching environment because everybody's there because they want to help people yeah so everybody's coming along with their own sort of take on spirituality and 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 self-care and all that sort of, you know, it's like-minded people yeah. that you come across. Do you know what, what I feel, having really dived into the spirituality side of things and, and trying to get to a place where, you know, it's a really personal thing, but we all ask these deeper questions, but I think we're all kind of craving love and we're all, but I think no matter what your belief is, if you have faith, if you're into yeah. spirituality, if you're an atheist or whatever... There's a, a place, like I believe we have a soul, but some would perhaps say, you know, it's just a, an inner wisdom mm. or a guidance. But yeah. there's a place that when you can be in nature or you can get still, there's this kind of, you know, you can read so much in a textbook, uh-huh. but you can actually get this like clarity when you take yourself away from the yeah. textbook and the yeah. practice and yeah, stuff. Yeah, totally. And when you're doing, when you're on the course, because you are spending the bulk of your time coaching coaching people coaching peers coaching your um your case studies and stuff like that that all comes through because mm. you are you've got and that you know that's what they install you you've got to be present mm-hmm. so you would always start off a coaching session by just saying you know what's going on for you now just now and and it's called clearing the space because clearing the, clearing the space uh-huh. And effectively, that is your sort of, sort of mindful part because people could be turning up for a coaching session straight after a big meeting at work or they've dropped the kids off at school or, you know, they could be, like, really stressed out. So you need people to just let it go so that when you go into the session, they are present. But also, as the coach, you need to be, you need to be on it. Like, your mind needs to be clear because your role is to give undivided attention to that individual. and yeah. Your head can't yeah. be busy either. Your head cannot be busy. How do you clear the space for someone that comes in with like anxiety or is really yep. in their head and not in the moment? Yeah. So what you, um, what you would do is ask them, like, you know, first of all, are you okay to do this and how are you feeling? Mm-hmm. And ask them to almost label what they're feeling. Okay. So, you know, what is that? feeling that you've got going on you know it's, it's anxiety or whatever it is the feeling and then ask them if it's possible to almost like putting it in a balloon and letting it go or putting it in a box and letting it pass so mm-hmm. you you talk to them about just letting that go and why that's important because yeah. you really just want to be able to get them to just shut off mm-hmm. and then focus let it go yeah, exactly go. <laughs> so and i guess if you've got a calming presence and you are present yourself yeah that 
will help. Yeah, totally. And then when you get into coaching, people are talking. And it's the first time for some people that they are actually getting the space to talk Mm -hmm. and their mate's not saying, oh yeah, God, yeah, that happened to me. Or I know a friend that that happened to. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, there's opinions flying about and the person might not even get to finish their story. So you might hook up with your pals for coffee and start telling a story. You can get five or ten minutes into it and it's it's gone on, it's something else. And that's okay because that's a conversation. And it's a life, chat isn't it? is life. When you're coaching, uh-huh. it is completely focused on you. And nothing else matters. Yeah. Nothing else um, it makes you more conscious as a person though when you do all this stuff because mm. I find like friends have started saying to me oh really calming presence I really enjoy hanging with you yeah. you're really calm I don't think I've always been that way I yeah. think I've always had that side to me but I think I have chilled out a lot totally and some friends were a bit like oh I'm not sure if I like this like what like you know, yeah, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm just so chilled. Yeah, like, oh, yeah I'm fine. Yeah, I'm totally fine. Yeah. But you almost feel like, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I should be like more like performing monkey kind of. Oh, but Jojo, she's the fun one, or she's the crazy one, or she's the. I think it it helps you distance yourself from the labels and just be. And if you do yeah. want to get up and dance. You do it. Yeah, that's fine. But if you just want to chill, yeah, yeah, totally, you do that too. Yeah. You just yeah. it's being. It's existing. Yeah, and just uh-huh, being who you want to be at that particular time. But yeah. you do attract... People want to... Op- when you're like that, people mm. want to open up to mm-hmm. you and talk to you. And, you know, I, I, I know that will have happened to you because of the way you are. And, and it's happened to me that, you know, I could be in a social situation um, and I don't... There's maybe like a friend or a friend or something and, and people open up about stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that's great because that's... That's how I would want to come across, you know, yeah. you can, you know, please talk to me because, you know, I'm quite a good listener or, you know, I'll, you know, I want to help you. But that does happen mm. a lot to me when I'm out and about or whatever. People will start to confide in different things. It's funny uh, that because you yeah. open up, yeah. you know, you just, yeah, and I don't know about you, but even like meeting people in supermarkets yeah. or stuff and they'll start to tell you things. Yeah really really quickly and I'm like this is great because it's like getting under I feel like there's still a lot of surface level yeah and um, and some people you'll be chatting to you're trying to get a bit deeper but the walls are up you feel yeah. it totally yeah. total walls up they don't you know I, I met someone last month and I was like oh, I'll get you a drink just an event it was like oh my goodness they just didn't want to be near me the walls were right up and it's like Oh, but it probably wasn't you they yeah, were probably exactly. standing they uh-huh. were maybe like really nervous about being at the event or yeah. what well, well, if someone doesn't want to talk to me or yeah. you know it's all that it's never stuff that goes on in your head and you know I think that's another that another huge thing that um, made a difference for me um, was having a, a conversation around the stuff that we play over in our head mm. so I was asked to just for one day go and have a wee go and have a wee reflection of the things that you're telling yourself. Mm-hmm. I didn't even last a day doing that, and I have never looked back. Oh, oh my god, I was a pure bitch to myself. Yeah. I would never ever say the things 
that I was saying to myself, to anyone else, never ever. And the stuff that I was saying was so damaging, but I wasn't even aware that I was doing it. And I, I must have been constantly doing it. Where do you think that came from? I think that's probably been like a childhood thing and maybe not thinking that I was as good as someone or as smart as someone or mm-hmm. not as thin as someone or, you know, I, it, it's probably just I've, I've added it on and added it on and added it on and then it just got to a point and then I think, no, no more, no more. I'm it's, not doing this anymore. It's because we're living in a... A mostly unconscious world like we are starting to wake up mm-hmm. and you know I was lucky that I was raised in a family that you know we spoke openly about this and um, mum and dad you know they had a lot of anxiety and I picked up a heck of a lot but they would always like try and keep me grounded take me back you know just yeah. it's all fine and they were practicing their faith and praying and they were, you know I think that was all really good for yeah. me you know but yeah. boy did I pick up I mean yeah. it doesn't really matter what I mean, your family can do your best, but the world is full of humans. Of they screw up. People at school screw up. People on the street, yeah. people in supermarkets screw up. People on the road screw up. Yeah. So you can't even like just pinpoint one set time as well because we all like I. I get horrified. <laughs> like part of my next book, I'm writing things I've said unconsciously mm-hmm. to people without even thinking. Yeah, yeah. And then I've started a challenge. Where did that come from? Was it the media? Mm-hmm. Was it a comment? Was it? A granny was it? Was it? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. it doesn't even really it matter, from? but yep. it could just be a mix-up and a build-up. And um, but once you're aware of it yourself, mm-hmm. as you like, and that's a great thing about putting yourself in a sort of self-development journey like that is you become so aware of mm-hmm. what you say, how you think. Of course, you lose the autopilot. Yeah, yeah, and none and none of us are perfect. No, no, you can never like you can never share yourself around everybody every day and you know in all parts of your life you can't possibly do that and we'll never be right in someone's eyes but that's life and actually we're all walking about with the same things like no one's going to think anyone's perfect and perfect doesn't exist and I think I always say that to my kids don't you know don't ever strive for that because you'll always let yourself down because it's never going to be mm. what you think it's going to be. And the other thing that I say to them all the time is when they say, I, I knew they were thinking that. I, I just know. Well, you don't. Because I'll tell you, there's two facts in life. One, you come in and you go out of it. And two, you never, ever know what somebody else is thinking. Not your husband, your wife, your son, your daughter, your mum and dad. Never, ever. So stop wasting time pretending that or creating what you think's in their head because you'll never know it. You'll so never know. Just let it go because it's not gonna it's not and at night it's not what you think it is half the time. It's a control thing, isn't uh-huh. it? It's a yeah, safety yeah. thing yeah. that we have yeah. we have to you know, we wanna control how people feel about us. We wanna control, mm-hmm. you know, something my husband likes to control our housework and our <laughs> um, we want to control that we want to you know i want to control my my right arm right okay this is this is this and like ah, you know it's a safety thing uh-huh, and totally. it's it's letting go of some of that control mm-hmm. as well and that's a faith thing too yep. it's a right just breathe mm-hmm. know that the answers are there but you just need a bit of time and yep. you need to you know and all you've got is now 
Mm. Like the past's gone, the future's not happened, you've only got now, you can mm. only make now what you want it to be, you can mm. only focus on that because that's all that actually exists, there's nothing mm. else exists for anybody. There's so much power in now and if you live your life constantly plagued by fear mm-hmm. and you know it's it's so exhausting uh-huh. it's so exhausting you know i can relate a lot about what you were saying with anxiety and um i was such an anxious child mm. and I, I you know someone would get on a bus with a big bag and i'm thinking it's a bomb yep. you know yep. you catastrophize everything's the worst you hear a dodgy noise on the plane and then you picture God, an image yeah. from yep. the telly or the yep. fire in the end and you see it i remember once it was just a big cloud but i was like it's smoke i'm mm-hmm. gonna and as you say, the chances are, yes, we watch the news, it can be terrifying, bad things happen, but the chances are it's not going to happen no. to you. And it, and you can't control it. I think it goes back yeah. to what you say. It, it's control. Like, I know my trigger uh-huh. now for my anxiety. Yeah. And I'm fortunate to know that now through doing my so work with NLP and my coaching. And my trigger is responsibility. Uh-huh. So anything when I look back has been triggered by responsibility too much or I don't know if it's too much um and it's an interesting one because I want responsibility mm-hmm. and I have responsibility um but I can allow that to be a negative thing sometimes instead yeah. of letting it always be positive. Yeah. Um, and when I think about, you know, if you went as a child, oh my God, you know, oh, my mum and dad, they're, oh, they're, they're two minutes late. So obviously they've been in a car crash, like mm-hmm. really safe. But that responsibility was to my brother. Oh. So it would be, I, I was going to... I was then going to look after my brother uh-huh. or, you know, if something, um, if something wasn't quite how I wanted it to go at work, I thought, oh God, am I letting that person down because mm-hmm. I, I didn't get an answer re- right away or mm-hmm. there was always something to do with having responsibility and yeah, and that's what sort of been my trigger, but I'm, I'm so much more aware of it now that I, I can rationalise it because mm-hmm. I I know oh it's just that like it's just that and actually I don't have control over everybody and I don't have full responsibility for everything and everybody that's going on in my life right now so it's cool there are actually other people that can help me here like I don't need to worry about these things but yeah it just overwhelms you sometimes so much and it's so like you just you just want your kids to be able to have the skills to cope with these kind of things because it's going to happen everybody but you just you know if you know about it and you can talk about mindset or you can talk about mindfulness and all that if you can prepare them then that's great but you can't fix them and they Mm -hmm. will go through their own journeys as well um and it's just supporting them. And I, you know, I, you know, I've got, I was saying to you earlier, like my daughter has left school, gone off to do her, um, her makeup, which is, she has just devoted the last, I don't know, three years of her life wow. to doing this. And she's incredible. And 
she's out there now and having to deal with some really big changing things. You know, she's um, she's wanting to be financially independent, which I get because I remember sitting in the yellow pages <coughs> when I was 13 years old, desperate to have a Saturday job, troll, troll, troll through it. And that's so I've always worked. Me too, actually. Always. Yeah. Like it's it's, yeah. Freedom, isn't uh-huh, it? Of freedom is. Because you can do the things that you want to do. Uh-huh. And it's not about having the latest, this, that, and the next thing. It's having financial freedom yeah. to go on holiday or to do these things. Yeah, and make your own choices. Totally. And, and buy the things that make you happy or whatever you want to do. And, and, and she's got herself a part-time job um, at Benefit, which is just great because it's a part-time job that's part of you know the industry that she just loves and um she's balancing how you know we do the hnc and we walk into work because you know she's got a little part-time job and stuff but this is like 22 and a half hours you know it's nearly full time and how she's adjusting to all that and last week we had a wee moment but we spoke it through and it's just appreciating what's going on, I think, for your kids as well sometimes. Mm-hmm. And people in general, everybody's transitioning at certain points of their life. Mm-hmm. It's how to support them yeah. through that. And I think, you know, it's probably because I'm around teenagers a lot and listening to them saying, well, you know, I, some of uh, my daughter's friends don't necessarily know what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and I think Emma's been so lucky to have always not always but to have known since she was very young that that's what she wanted to do and she just chipped away at it and kept going and volunteering and doing all this stuff that was amazing um but some of these kids don't know and it's really difficult so talking to them and listening to them and and get you know chatting about what they like and you know we were laughing a couple of months ago dropped off one dropped off one of Emma's friends and he got out of the car and he's like thanks for the chat and like Emma was like, oh yeah, you you, you do realise you've just been pricey coached there. And he's like, yeah, no, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> and we just chatted it through. But naturally the coaching stuff oh, it helps will come out every, all the time. But every, I, yeah, yeah, I just, just now I'm just so conscious of that. Those, those kids that are going from high school to uni or from high school to jobs and stuff like that, their lives are changing and for parents it's hard as well because the control thing like we talk about and the responsibility thing comes back because now my daughter's she's going out and she she's got a social life she's and it's like oh all right you're, you're getting a bus home oh right what time are we getting the bus home and could I not just pick you up and you know and, and my goddaughter she's talk she's going to be a midwife and going to be amazing um and she's talking about going to uni and they've been going around unis and stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 sorry, where are you looking at? Oh. Aberdeen and Glasgow and Edinburgh. I was like, oh, yeah, definitely want to go to Edinburgh. Definitely. <laughs> she's like, Steph. And oh. I was like, you can't leave us. Like, don't go. But we were getting, you know, me and my friends, we're getting to that stage where it's like, oh, oh, oh my even, God. Like, this is, this is big. This is big, this stuff. And it's huge, but you, I mean, you've got to set them free. And uh, I, I read it, somewhere. I need to control that anxiety around yeah, that. I know. And I, I, I know. Because that's really tricky. Yeah, that's going to be hard. Mm. I read somewhere in one of the mindfulness books, it was about like, they're not yours. To, they're not yours. No. Like, you get to host, as a yeah, mom, you totally. get to host them and we get to have a party reason them but they're Don't not ours them. no 
you don't know me. No. Um, they are their own people. And, yeah. and I see it all the time, though, of people with issues that maybe their parents have tried to control them too tightly and they've just... Oh, they've rebelled, don't they? They've rebelled. Yeah, yeah. Or if it's like, yeah, you just... What we were saying earlier, you know, if you hold on to that label so tightly mm-hmm. of mom, dad, parent, care, or whatever, well, that's your role. So mm-hmm. what else do you do? No, I'm a, I'm a mom. I do the coffee mornings. I don't do and I don't have a creative outlet because I'm a mom. Yeah, I'm a mom. That's my job. And then, you know, boy, I've had ex boyfriends with mums like that. They're terrifying. <laughs> it's like building your life, and that's what like goes back to what we're saying about you know being the role model. You know, you showing your kids your creative side, how you help mm. people. You know. What better role model could you show them for the stuff that you've been doing and will continue to do? But it's true because they know my mum's going to work, but my mum is going to help people. Yeah, that matters. That really matters. It's drilling in like what your values are, and I don't think with our values, you know, you know, I was on a podcast and I was asked what my personal values were, Mm. and I was like, I feel like I should have a six-point plan or whatever. Now. I'd never really asked myself that question till I was in yeah. the coaching space yep. and I was like, what are your values? And there's exercises you can do mm-hmm. to think about what your values might yep. be. But I don't believe that, you know, it's more labels, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So it's like, right, okay, so my values are this. I've got six values and bring out a chart and all that stuff. And they change. They change all the time. They, they change all the time. And freedom, I think when you're a parent is important. Maybe it becomes even more important because freedom of time, financial yeah. freedom, freedom to be around and stuff. Yeah. yeah. But I would, one thing I would say, and this is from my, you know, drilled into me from my upbringing is like love is the highest value. Mm-hmm. And I don't mm-hmm. think you can get a stronger value than that. I don't think there's much more power in the nope. world and it comes into everything you're saying like love self-compassion mm-hmm. so being aware totally but yeah. to get to a place of love you need to do the self-awareness to to really experience yeah like love at its fullest potential mm-hmm. you need to become self-aware yep. externally yep internally yep. um do all the work. I think everyone should do this course. Did your company not offer to pay then, or I, I was, uh, I you know, I was supported. Oh, that's amazing. That. Yeah, I, I've been supported um, so well with all of that stuff because yeah, yeah it's so valuable. I think and, yeah, so. Much. Such. I I don't understand any companies that wouldn't put a value yeah. on coaching and, and things like that and yeah. and every person needs a coach and I, yeah. you know I've had mm-hmm. various different coaches for different things I've mm-hmm. got you know for fitness as you know I'm working with Susan from work stuff I've worked with a couple of different girls um, I do a lot of stuff for Remarkable Women to um, Danielle and Nick are fantastic I've done quite a few programs with them mm-hmm. um, yeah I just you need you, there's different things that you're wanting to focus on so mm-hmm. you should always work with people or, or people push you when you're being coached you do because I, I don't want to be a plodder yeah. never do I want to be a plodder yeah you need that and sometimes it's like I'm a hub so try and be my personal trainer and I work with a lot of different personal trainers in collaboration and stuff um, and I'm like uh, sometimes he is like when we're trail running but I find it quite hard when you're really close to them because I'm like oh you're annoying me you're being arrogant yeah. <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I'm coaching people for TEDx. There's a TEDx Fantastic. bold and brilliant uh, woman um, at the start of December in Cumbernaul and I'm getting to know some of the women and they're amazing. And I'm thinking, you know, with a coach, yeah, I'm like, right, so have you prepared your video? Right, can I see your video? How long's your video? Right, how many times have you heard? Because you do sometimes need that push. It's like, yeah. I want to see it. And then, right, okay, let's really think about your story and make sure we're, you know, and I want you to give everything you have on the stage because mm-hmm. it's one of the it. scariest things, yeah. isn't it? But it's, I've, I'm actually loving that process of working and they're also different. Mm-hmm. So working and then sort of getting to that place of visualisation and that coaches have done with me in the past, yeah. like before my book launch, it's like that visualisation of when you're walking in and how you feel it's going to go and you play it out in your mind mm-hmm. before it even happens. Yeah. And, um, learning to kind of get that level of excitement mm-hmm. when you're bricking it yep. because it is the number one fear in the yep. world. Um, over but dying. It's that different, yeah. It's that it, fear and excitement often get confused. Mm-hmm. And the you know, I've read so much about how you should turn the fear into excitement mm-hmm. because it's it's a very similar feeling and sometimes they get confused. Yeah. Um and being able to turn that fear into excitement will just mm-hmm. set you up so well. So if those girls can do that going on, you know, turn turn that switch flick the switch and mm-hmm. let the fear go and build it into the excitement, then the whole experience becomes so much better just buzzing yeah buzzing for it and then you know it's going to be okay singing with one of them last week on our call don't worry about a thing yeah (laughs) every little thing is gonna be all right um the power of music and um i always ask people about their favorite song wow time has flown time flies when you're having fun it's been (laughs) honestly amazing i could talk about this all Forever, day. Me too. Um, that is going to be so helpful for people. Um, it really is. So, uh, what what's your plans for the future then? My plans for the future is just to keep learning, mm-hmm. keep growing, um, and sharing what that is with the people that I come across Amazing. in all walks of life. To be honest with you, um, and practice what I preach. The self care stuff is massive, yeah. and I know. If I give up a session in the gym because something has happened mm-hmm. in my day or in, at night time, that makes me feel resentful and yeah. I don't feel happy. Yeah. So, and I'm not coming home feeling happy. Mm-hmm. So I think that's so stupid because yeah. if I'd just taken that extra hour and done what I needed to do, I'd feel so much better. And mm-hmm. having that just saying to myself, right, there's three times in this week that I am doing my exercise uh-huh. and committing to that. Yeah. Bloody hell, that makes the biggest difference oh, to my really life. Really I does. do not cope well without having exercise. I have realised that. I think, we so, do, I think a lot of us are the same, but we're just not aware of it. Yeah. I mean, my husband's probably one extreme. Like, he is so dedicated that yeah. I'm like, rest your body. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, my do. partner's the same. His job is... He has the most amazing job because um, him and his family own um, kennels and they do doggy daycare and and his job is so amazing because he's outside all day with the most lovely creatures that don't talk back and he gets to spend some time with his dad and it's just so special Um, and you can see it in him. He's the most um, chilled out 
happy, supportive, just so balanced with yeah. everything. I am so, so lucky to have <laughs> met this person. Um, because but you've attracted that. I mean, look at all, all the work you're doing and yeah. all the people you're helping. You've, you've attracted that. Yeah, but people that are looking after themselves and they're doing what you say, getting outside and all mm. that, there's got to be something in that because oh, yeah. I see that in him every day. It's amazing. I mean, yeah. you do. If you invest, like I've probably got a list of 10 things that I love that make me feel really, really good, you know, yep. running, swimming, yeah. wild swimming, walking outside, massages, baths, you know, all these, like, you know, these things that are really yep. good for the full body health. Definitely. And My favourite thing at the weekend is nothing that involves a lot of money. I love going out walking my dogs mm. and going for a coffee and a scone somewhere. And I am happy, happy if I can life. do that. I do not need to spend a couple of hundred quid on some night out. Yeah. I am loving life when I'm out with my dogs. That's happiness. I was speaking to someone actually about that. You know, these still times you get when you're out and you just feel like there's a lot more to life. You know, there's, there's a lot, there's a deeper world. Yeah. And uh, we're so lucky to be here. And nature is like the best mm -hmm. church. You know, it's yeah. like you are just sometimes in awe because yep. you're totally, you're, you're taking that time. And, and my friend said to me, she said, it's, it's the time that I just feel like there's so much more to mm -hmm. life. And she said, I don't know what it is, but, and it's a perfect, you will never get into someone else's mind. That's your personal place when you yep. are connecting. Who you want to be? Who, who you yep. want to be? But I could see what with her the way her eyes lit up. She's, I'm so glad I've got dogs mm -hmm. to, to do that. Yeah, they're so good. So do you get? But your the eyes? outside and walking, a couple of um, really lucky to have spent um, a whole Sunday with some of the girls that I work with, and we did the kilt walk. Oh. And I've never walked that far in my life. Like I love to walk, but that's a distance. But it was just, it was full marathon. Oh, amazing. It was just amazing and it was the most beautiful day and we just had the best chat and we were just keeping each other going oh, and yeah, it was one of the girls idea and it was just so good but we were outside all day walking and it was just great and see when we finished that, it was just like, oh wow, we did this. How long did it take? Um, God, you know, I can't even remember now. Do you know eight hours? No, I don't think it took that long. Wow. Um, the time, the time, the, the time was insignificant. The length of time was insignificant because I can't even remember. I remember talking about it at the time, but it was just such a good day. I would. I don't think I. I'm not keen to run another marathon. Mm, I, did, I get that. Did that in 2016. Um, I love running, but I would. I would walk another marathon. Yeah, it's lovely. If you could pick the weather, don't uh -huh. get me wrong, uh -huh. if it had been raining and windy, I might have been moaning, yeah. but it was beautiful, it was sunny, it was cool, but it was just lovely. Where and was that? It was all around Edinburgh, so you start at um, the foot of Arthur's Sea, you go right along Portobello, through mm -hmm. up Cramond, oh, you come into Murrayfield Stadium, that's oh, where you finished it. We when raised is it? Over, um, it's September we did it. Oh. We raised over £1,000 for cancer when we did that, it was great. Incredible. Yeah, it's so good. Brilliant. So good, yeah. Amazing. Well, listen, I could chat to you all day, but we're going to tie this up um, with a song. Uh, what song do you want to... Um, 
I'm not going to sing because that will definitely ruin the podcast. Never. But, um, You're welcome to sing. Amy Winehouse, Valerie. Oh, tune. Is that your favourite song? Tell it us is. why. Um, it just reminds me of dancing. I love to dance. Mm. Um, it reminds me of... Um, it reminds me of Christmas nights out with my work. Um, and everyone just up dancing and having a laugh. And... There's a wee bit of reference to the old red hair and the ginger hair. Uh-huh. As you can see, I'm a wee ginger. So, Ooh, yeah, love I love it. that song. It's like, it just makes you want to dance. Amazing. So, yeah, that's, that is what makes me happy too, to dance. So. Fabulous. Well, you've made me very happy today. I've learned a lot. And, um, yeah, keep in touch. And thank you so much yeah. for being here. No, thanks for having me. It's great. Thank you. Stop making a fool out of me. Why don't you come on over, Valerie? Oh, baby. Valerie. Oh. Valerie. Oh, baby. Valerie. Oh, baby. Right, guys, this podcast is getting really popular as is my radio show, so I cannot sing much more than 25 seconds, I'm afraid had to get legal advice because things are blowing up um so that was just a quick snippet and a reminder guys to cherish the music we love you know bonnie was saying a little prayer at the table for our food and she said and god thank you for your music because it makes me go "Ah!" (laughs) oh guys god bless you all the love this week um i hope you've had a mojo injection if you want more you're thirsty for more Hook into my show on the Wellbeing Radio at 7.30am every day. I may be launching an after-hours show because apparently sometimes my morning mojo is a bit too much to handle and it needs to be nighttime. Guys, I'll, I'll roll with whatever you want, all right? I'm free. Um, all the love. Be kind to yourself. Remember, it's not your fault, whatever you're going through right now. Stay strong. I love you. Mwah.